Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. I gave a talk this morning, building accessible communities, so tell us a bit about how you would do that. Um, where do I start? Um, I guess like when you're built, thinking about building an accessible community, you need to put accessibility at the core of everything you organise and at the core of the way you think, and that's really what it boils down to. And I guess also things like basically, obviously things would be like size, if you've got a building and you've got a conference going on, make sure that any sign that you have is of a certain height. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, during my talk I, met, I mentioned that because I'm five foot two and um, I really hate it when people forget that um, people are of different heights and uh, you know when you have a crowd of people especially and you put signage at eye level people are walking past that signage all the time so people who are shorter or are not near the signage they don't see the signage so actually putting it above head height is a really really useful trick um, just think about when you go to the supermarket the signage to get around a supermarket is always above your heads yeah. for a reason um, and the same with billboards billboards are, are tall above buildings so that more people can see them my view is make it make it first in a lurch so if you can, <laughs> can see it that problem is stuck in you and also you talk a bit about things like uh, you talk about when you're doing signage how, how it's done the last minute you incur more costs Oh no, definitely. Um, Workout London's like p- signage cost was about three and a half thousand pounds, which is a lot of money for signage. Um, but you know, we did signage at the very last minute because we were short on time, and um, we we paid a price for that. Um, I guess we're lucky that we had the budget to do that. Um, but it's definitely one thing that even with a bigger budget or you know a lack of budget, it's the one thing that I would not cut costs on. Um, if you don't want to incur such a large bill, then I do recommend doing signage ahead of time. I mean, it's definitely something that most of the signage can be done, you know, months ahead of time. You know where the bathrooms are. You know where you, at least you should know where you, you're going to put the different rooms are. So a lot of the signage can already be written um, and designed um, ahead of time so they can go faster. Yeah, and you mentioned also about being making sure the volunteers have t-shirts so you know who they are. Yeah, bright coloured t-shirts especially. Volunteers in bright coloured t-shirts is a, a real must. Um, I, I've seen conferences give volunteers a different colour lanyard before, but it's not obvious it's because not everyone's um, reads colour yeah. in the same way, first and foremost. And with a t-shirt, you can brand the t-shirt to say... Um, a volunteer on it or organiser or label it with your comp- with your event branding so that people know oh these are the people with the event branding that you can go and talk to because a lot of people are shy when they want to ask a question um, so they don't want to be asking the question to the wrong person but if they know this person wearing this t-shirt can answer these type of questions then they're more likely to go and ask those people yeah and also I guess if you're also if you're colorblind and in the lanyard, how do you know who is who wears with a t-shirt? Normally I'll say in the back front, volunteer as well. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I do recommend putting it back and front. So um, usually if it's at the back, it'll be right on their shoulder blades, really big, yeah. like, large writing. Um, fun fact, WordCamp London uses the word local host instead of volunteer. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's everywhere. And at the front, you can put it so that it's just... Um, like on the chest you can just put volunteer there as well which really really helps people 
because you're not always going to see what's written on the back of yeah. someone you can also see it from the front which is really really cool um, and one thing about t-shirts is that you can tell people ahead of time what the volunteers are going to be wearing so you know when you create volunteer t-shirts you will create them ahead of time so you can take a photo beforehand and put them on your website and say hey this is what our volunteers are going to look like these are the people that you should be looking out for which is really really helpful for someone pre-planning or someone who has anxiety about coming to a new space it helps remove that anxiety because they've given been given that information ahead of time well for me i always like to pre-plan and confirm where i'm going to be so i always make sure that i know which talks are where who's wearing what so if I'm stuck somewhere I know who to ask mm-hmm. and if you're pre-planning and you have it on your website you must say these are the guys who are going to t-shirts and this is who you look for then that's fine but you're going to make sure people actually are willing to go ahead and do this and not last minute panic and don't know what to do yeah no definitely um, conference organising is 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 a lot of work um, but it's very rewarding. I only run um, community conferences, so they're all volunteers. And it, it's, it's, I do it because I love meeting the other peers in my industry and giving them a space to, do, um, to, to have conversations. Um, and there is definitely a limit in terms of the amount of time a volunteer organiser has because, you know, we all have day jobs, we all yeah. have other things that we need to do. Um, so, you know, if you are going to events which are being run at, at a budget and stuff like that, you know, you know, give a, le- a he- um, helping hand, ask them if they, they, you know, they need any help. Even if it's t-shirts of the same colour, for example, um, I recently was in New York and all the volunteer t-shirts had neon yellow t-shirts. Um, and then they just had the, the conference hashtag on the back of it, which is really cool because it was like if you can see someone with a conference hashtag on it, then that's that's they're, they're the volunteers. You know, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Yeah, you mentioned earlier talk also about basically something very very uh, obvious to think of, which is basically childcare. Yes, um, I I like family friendly events and family friendly um, locations. Um, Especially since I remember like when I was in primary school and in high school, like in the UK, they didn't have like as much technology like available to you as a kid. Like, you know, web development wasn't an industry that people aspired to go to, you know. And so like I like the I like the concept of like if you bring the children into the industry at an early age they know it's a possibility um, because it wasn't until I was like 21 before I realized that people got paid to make websites, which seems ridiculous because I'd been serving the web when I was on the, like when I was in college and stuff, but it doesn't always click for everyone in the same way. And so like, I'd like to like bring children in and that's one way to bring children in is to bring in childcare. It allows you to have more speakers on the roster and enables speakers to apply new and and existing speakers to apply and not have to worry about oh what if my babysitter doesn't like is not available or something it's fine it's, we've got you covered we've got your back because I guess you're more than saying that some of those obvious things that at a conference people don't think of like childcare or maybe other things like you're thinking oh like today we had someone there who was doing science for the deaf mm-hmm. something I never saw for my life but, they, but then looking back now it's obvious yeah. the way to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, we don't know what abilities anyone has in who are walking past us every day, and we take a lot of of things for granted, and we take a lot of assumptions with that. Um, and I think, especially with the tech industry, we have a big push currently to make our industry more diverse and more accessible to people, which is great. Um, but it all starts from the basics. Yeah. Um, being more empathetic to each other, being more open-minded about people's abilities is, is all part of that um, ability. You know, sign language is required for people for different reasons. Some people just find it easier to read than to listen to somebody. You know, it's if we can make different and make it more make more improvements to our community, then it would mean that we would have more people in our industry, which is a good thing because technology is not going away. Not unless we all of a sudden don't have any electricity. Yeah. Then we've got bigger issues on hand. But if we enable technology for more people, we would have more people doing technology. We would have more technology people in our sector, which would also mean that we would have more people to hire and have more people to 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 talk to. And also then we might not have burnout as a developer. You know, yeah. I, burnout is such a major issue in, in the developer world. And I see that as a struggle a lot of the time because we're doing too much. We're doing three people's worth of work instead of one because there's not enough people in our company or the, the costs are too low. But if we have more people in the industry, then, you know, people could hire. Like at the moment, I, I know a lot of companies who are trying to hire and they can't because there's just no one for them that they feel like they can hire from and so they end up poaching from other companies because there's like not no one without a job well so. I guess with burnout people don't talk about that it's one thing is that's basically an unspoken rule no one knows who working around hours that you're going to burn out and then once you burn out people aren't willing to give you the second chance but my view is you've got to have, be able to uh, to sit back and rest and then come back and recharge your batteries yeah no definitely um, burnout's such a weird thing I mean we're lucky in Europe. I mean, we have, you know, statutory minimum holidays that we have to take by law, right? Yeah. Like 20 days. I think it's 20 days in the UK. Um, something like that. Plus your bank holidays. Other countries are not so lucky, especially in the States. Like some states in the US do not have like minimum holidays by law. So people, you know, have 14 days holiday a year, yeah. which is something that in Europe is unheard of. Like I can't imagine of a country not having minimum holidays, um, but people feel guilty about taking them. And we need to drive the culture change to say, actually, we are important to stay healthy physically and mentally to be able to do our jobs at the best ability that we can. Um, so it's, you know, working long hours only means you're sleep deprived. If you're sleep deprived, you're not going to be working at your yeah. best. So actually to do the best service you can for your clients, it's not a bad thing to say, okay, I am every night going to have my seven, eight hours sleep. I'm, you know, because it means that I'm going to be more focused the next day. You know, it's, it's important for your brain to rest. And I find a lot of the time when I go to sleep, I wake up with the answer that I need it because yeah. my brain is clear. So. Well, I know companies in America, tech companies, startups, who've realised that uh, that mental health is a big issue, and 
and then I woke up and we took this house bath who I have a little rule that uh, when you're when you have holidays each year they make you take your holidays they yeah. say whatever it is you're going and and they said because we, we don't want to come away come back refreshed and I, I think it's great to see companies now thinking more along the lines whereas years ago once you're in a company you were stuck there and you were, you were like nights or whatever it is at night time you wouldn't know when you'd be going home yeah I mean the, the other thing is it costs companies money to replace you costs money companies lots of money to replace you like to retrain somebody for any role to get accustomed to the new technologies that you're using the way the company structure runs the systems everything get them introduced to the clients blah 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 that all takes time time is money so it costs them less usually I mean I don't know many companies where it doesn't cost less but it costs a company generally less to send somebody on holiday for for a long weekend if that's the minimum you can do for like four days than it would for them to lose that person due to a mental health breakdown. Yeah. You know, and, and also, it's important. Yeah, and also, I guess, people like, when you walk through, walk through doors, you don't, you don't know that person. So if you, if you see someone with a limp, or somebody who basically looks like they're blind or deaf, that person could be a great, per, or with you, a great employee, but you're not, you not give them a chance. No, definitely. Um, I think more accessible companies can be to people and more um, open-minded about it, the better. I mean, Everyone has biases. It's just natural. We make assumptions as a way to protect ourselves from danger. You yeah. know, that's why we make assumptions. But and that's okay. It's not a bad thing to make assumptions. The bad thing is when you don't challenge your assumptions or don't admit to those assumptions. So it's okay to go into a situation and make assumptions because your brain is naturally going to do that anyway because it's trying to figure out how much danger you are in and therefore do you need to do anything to make sure that you are safe those assumptions happen and when you make those assumptions you say fine these are my current assumptions these are my first first um my first initial assumptions of this person but we're going to challenge every single one of these assumptions because that's what great people do. They challenge those assumptions, and some of those assumptions might be correct, and some of those assumptions will be incorrect. There is a look at Stephen Hawkins. If you see someone like him, and you, first time you see him, you think, "Who is this guy?" But when he's when you see him, hear him speak, what he's done, that makes you change. Okay, he's this guy is is a off, off the scale genius. And at times, some books you 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 cannot presume because of what this book you see, you don't see. This person will be good for job. He's just don't know. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think challenging assumptions is a hard thing, but it's definitely something that we can all work towards. Um, and I would really hope that would improve, you know, the um, the painting of our community and make it more colourful. Right. Thanks so much, Jenny. That's perfect. Thanks. For-